0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast Um, The Hidden Corner with your host DJ Megatron And DJ Monstrel. Now we haven't got any artists on this week So there's going to be two tracks you're going to hear From two imaginary bands um, at the end of the podcast Um, But today's guest is an old presenter of ours It is indeed it's Gary Morph mm. And we'll be talking to Gary Morph Who used to be a DJ on our station But did the speech And we have spoke uh, But we thought we might bring him on um, On the podcast Because he's now got A television show um, Yeah Um so he's now getting a, He's got a television show Um, which is actually, uh, being filmed on his couch Um, yep Uh, but it was in a garden And it was going around doing all the gardens And, um, unfortunately, due to what's happening at the moment Um, they had to be cancelled Um, so yeah Now, I do this show straight from my phone Mm. I know a lot of people ask So, I'm just going to say, I do this show straight from my phone um and also this show goes out on Temporadio on a Saturday nights. Um So yeah. Mm. Um this show is literally over well we'll say about an hour long. Uh the podcast itself goes out on a Monday or Tuesday. Um and we've got some very exciting news. We have indeed. Our our magazine starts up. This week, um, as we're recording this, it's not started up yet But this week we're starting to write our own magazine um, The Temper Official uh, magazine And the Temper Enhanced newsletter Which is now going out, it's a fancy newsletter And you'll see stuff on the Facebook page you've never seen before Um, We said on the last one that the Facebook page really isn't as exciting as it should be No, it's not Mm. But Monstrol's going to tell us something that I've never discovered before, but he has discovered in the last few weeks. And what's this thing that you've discovered? Um, well, basically, um, I didn't know this, but I found a piece of paper in, in the Temper Radio filing cabinet that stated the Temper Extreme, what it was going to be written all by, by Big Boy Rossi. And um, don't mention names. Oh, am sorry. Um, yeah, because he's he's making a comeback. Mm. So anyway, basically, this this document stated that um, Temper Radio, our radio station, was going to be the Temper Extreme. Sorry, was going to be originally a billboard of information with videos and photos posted on it that people could watch and then comment on. Yeah. And I remember discussing uh when we were gonna do the Tempo Radio, um the Tempo Radio billboard. Mm. Uh but we decided not to do that because there's lots and lots of places doing it. We did a massive web poster back in the day for TV. Um it's still all up there somewhere. Mm. But there was posters that huge we did what we did was we did posters. And we did posters for the website that we had before that. Mm. Um, And uh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't Temporado.tv. The website we had before that, it was all, the homepage was all massive web posters. And people could go and comment on the web posters. Mm. (laughs) Oh yeah, the sticky notes. The sticky notes, yeah. Well, that was different because a sticky note was if someone wanted to advertise... So if if someone wanted to advertise something, they could do with a sticky note mm. and pop it on the poster. Or you could just comment, you could go down in the comment section. And there used to be some really interesting discussions. I never saw what went on, but it's again, it's another legacy, a piece of history. Mm. We are, me and Gary Morph, we're going to be, that's what we're going to be talking about on the show today, is old websites. Um the radio station's first website was hosted by um I can't remember what it was hosted by but I remembered that the 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 address was weird. Um it was radio mm. forward slash dot co dot uk forward slash backslash backslash forward slash Forward slash backslash dot com That was really weird. Yeah. I remember we used to have to say it and if there was a page, so say for example, like now you would go um www. uh WordPress. Tempor- wordpress.com forward slash uh sorry, temporadio at wordpress dot com forward slash the lockdown page, mm. and you'd be there. But say, for example, back in the day, and me and Gary Morphin, we're going to discuss on this, because it, um, it was DJ Wood who made the website, so probably might we might just bring DJ Wood on. But um, back in the day, mm. if you wanted, uh, let's just say you wanted the afternoon show, it would be zoz forward slash, backslash, forward slash, slash backslash, backslash, forward slash, forward slash, slash backslash, um, slash, whatever show, whatever page you wanted to visit, and then dot com. Oh my goodness grief. So, yeah, um, we changed the site very quickly. (laughs) How long was it that for? Ages. Ages. Hmm. Because it was the millennium, we didn't know how to do a website. We didn't know how to do a web address, um, and you can remember how much that costed. Yeah, a, a bit, but it was like um, you know. But that was when you could have anything at the end, and it was like you know. Well, we'll use .co.uk and we'll use .com. What was with all the slashes? Well, what we did was it was. It was forward slash, it was basically all to do with paths, you know, so it would be the forward slash would take you to one path, the backslash would take you to back a path. Mm. So you have to go back a path, so it puts all the whole string in, then forward slash so it continues it. It was basically an uncompleted website. Is it still up there? Someone's told me it is, but there isn't very much on it. There's a picture of me on there. Um... That you wouldn't recognise. Um, and you really wouldn't recognise it. Uh, It's like... Is it unrecognisable? I don't know. But... But then we had RadioZOZ.co.uk. Then we had RadioZOZ.com. Then we had RadioZOZ.co.uk. And then... Um... Went you .org at one point? No, we were never .dot .org, never. Mm. We might have been with temporary uh, TNTFM at one point because that had, they are had different websites. Mm. But again, that was like .well .dot because we're in the UK mm. .com because it's American and it's a company. We loved .dot .com. We had .dot .com for ages. Mm. TNTFM .dot .com. Um, but, you know. <laughs> and then the temper Radio website, the first one was .co.uk, wasn't it? The Temperadio Radio website, yeah. Well, we still had to say tntfm.com because we didn't get the website up and running. Oh, yeah. So it was like, then we got it up and running. It's like, i got a new website! Yay! Woo! And, oh, but what is it? temperradio.co.uk Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that changed so many times. It did throughout the two years that we had it, and then we got Temporado mm. um, and that's another story in itself. It is because we didn't. I didn't see the Finnish website, um, even though I wrote several articles for it. Um, you did, yeah, yeah, I did, and I was in college. Right, here's the funny thing about the the Temporado website. Through the launch, I never did the launch, right? Mm. No matter how many... Because I wasn't at the Parent in 2000. They wanted a DJ there. Scott and you and Battle Mix and whoever else went. They had bouncy castles and God knows what. And they never told me about the street party. It must have been too good to tell. But they used my picture... Mm. Right They used my pictures Which I allowed them to use Right Mm. So they made it look as though I was there Right I was never at launch When you see the article on on the website still there Mm. Right There's an article of me on the website It's Well what a wonderful time this is You know great launch and everything It's great to You know have a relaunch Now I've moved into a new place and everything Right Mm. It was me who wrote that By the way The picture was not of me But what they did was um, When they relaunched it in summer They used the same article Which I wrote at college Because um, I was contacted by management Mm. Of what management we had back then And they said uh, We want you to write an article Mm. Fine Um, Because I was in college And I had a bit of free time And uh, in the library, mm. and nobody was watching me, so I wrote this article dead, dead quick, and um, it was the quickest article I'd written, um, because I did used to do a lot of scripts and stuff when I was in the library at Hubad College, mm. you know, pretending to be an itch- intellectual. You sat at the computer going, "Oh, research," and I remember because it was like, you know. Um, writing scripts was the most frustrating thing that ever happened. Mm. We, I mean... We used to sit upstairs and... Yeah, because you were the producer. I got the most frustrating job because when you were out, I was forced to write a script. And I was like, oh, but I don't want to. And I was like, come on. Mm. I can't write this show. I've got to go out. Mm. Mm. And so, but remember, like, you would go out and, like, leave me writing a show. And I'd come back and I was like, we need to sit and talk about the script. You're like, no, no, I've got to go out again. And I'd be like, oh, it was that on a Wednesdays. Wednesdays were the best. Because I'd come home from town and I'd be like, Monstral, I've got to go out again. And it's like, the scripts were like, but they did come together somehow. Mm. Somehow. Mm. Yeah. Because I was jetting off to college again on the Thursday morning, mm. on the train, and I'd be thinking, so, what am I going to write in the library? And I got a phone call while I was on the train, mm. and it was uh Liam Beon, I can mention him, and he said, we want you to write an article. I'd be like, yay, write an article. Mm. And again, because you've got to remember... Even though the adrenaline was pumping in 2011. Even though we partied really hard those two years. uh, Well, to 2012. Mm. Three years. Whenever it was. uh, Three years we partied really hard. Mm. But also, like, in 2012, I would be, like, putting all the work in. Or, like, giving monstrous ideas. So I'd be away at college, typing all these notes. I'd get... Tons of emails I'd be like Oh what's he doing Giving me these emails I'd be sat in the library Emailing You And whoever and I'm like Oh you know I'll just email you You know But um, Nobody knew Because I used to turn my screen If I was doing a temper radio thing I used to turn my screen off <laughs> He was I used to be a bugger for it I'd be sat there on the headphones Nobody knew I mean You know mm. And then I used to come home And I'd be like I've got this for you monstrel." But I'd be like, I remember that Wednesday and it'd be like, I've got a script. And I came home one night from the, the Birkdale Labour Club. And the first thing you said to me, I've got a script, an idea for tomorrow. And I'd be like, oh no, what is it? Mm. And um, you were like, it's the, uh, the, the jukebox. That was your idea, wasn't it? It was, but you did another idea. Because we stopped it Remember we stopped the um, The jukebox mm. um, And we could be bringing it back soon We could because the Make It Workshop I've got um, a shop where they're going to be selling jukeboxes So we might have a jukebox come back It'll be good that Like a jukebox Yeah mm. And we selected songs That we stole from Meal Scop <laughs> Yeah And we played them in, like, an order. Um, and that was a feature in the show that we really enjoyed. It took up most of the show, though. Like, It did. It, it, it was like those 90-minute cassette tapes. Mm. The first bit was like the jukebox. But you remember, you know, for a mid-morning show, you've got to think, how on earth are these people going to... Um, you know Take something and run with it mm. And we did We took You know A lot of these things And we ran with them mm. Um, For a good while But um, You've got to remember Things went dry after a while They did th- I remember when you came in and you said I'm doing a documentary. I need a script. <laughs> yeah. And I said but it's for my English project. Um I to tell you the truth um that was a show that you produced. I did I produced all of Megatron's shows. He produced every single one of them. Even the ones that I was covering on because Monstro was my my man, but then, mm. um, and then obviously things happened. They did, mm. you know, because we were writing the script. So obviously, if you're writing a script for a show, you don't want to be. You know, write a script from end. Um, but people don't know, like... um And your stepdad was not angry because he said it was an English project. Do you know, I showed him all the research that I did. I used to come down and I showed him, right, this is... Mm, I got the whole... Um thing out because i'd have to braille word for word what i was gonna say mm. and because i remember you came in and said right we're gonna have a meeting and i thought oh no the Hesketh center want him to do another show which which they did because you stopped using them then didn't you they'd stop the assessments yeah yeah mm. That's another thing back then as well. Like, that was an annoying time when we had to do edutainment shows. We did them for two reasons. One, dad was getting annoyed with our shows. Mm. Um, He's now your manager, isn't he? Yeah, Jim Nightingale, big shout to you, mate. Big shout to you. Mm. Yeah, my manager, my manager, Jim Nightingale. It's strange that not a lot of people would have their stepdad as their manager. He's a great manager. No, yeah. You know, it's like his agent will come up with something. But when, it, like, you know, it's like, oh, why don't you do this? and Well, and it was strange because um, it's like dad will come up with an idea that not even I've thought of. Mm. You know, not even. I know, and that's like, I want to be in charge of everything. Mm. But I think, like, Jim Nightingale is a fantastic manager and, yeah, one of the best, um, you know. Like, he looks at our... Apparently, he looks at our website. I never knew. Well, you never know. He he looks at our website and follows our YouTube. It's brilliant. It's like, well, this is strange. Like, I got told by my mum the other day that he was following our... I was like, What? How dare he listen to our shows? But then on the other hand, I thought, well, no, he's my manager. He's got to he's got to know because he'll come up with... I'll be sat at the dinner table mm. just twiddling my thumbs and he'll come up with something completely random. That's what... You know, and it's great because he won't come to any of the meetings. He doesn't have to because he'll sit at the table and go, Megatron, I've got this idea. Mm. Uh, Sit down. Yeah. Um, and he'll come up with this idea. You know? But it's like, Take it or leave it, basically. Mm. Um, it'd be strange though if he was the like the station manager or, well, I don't know, kind of he, <laughs> you know. Mm. But um, he got us. He he got the green light for us moving into the cellar. That's another story. It is another story. It's a long, long story, and it's a story that will never be told. Um, but back to script writing, you know, I remember seeing that heavy metal show and I was like, I came home, sat down and I was like, we've got, you know, we're going to do a temper radio inside temper radio. Heavy metal one. There was a video of it, wasn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't work on my Mac. Mm. Um, unfortunately... Um, I'll get the documentary up somewhere. It is a good documentary. It is brilliant. Mm. You even put a serious voice on through it. I do, yeah, because I'm reading, partly. <laughs> I'm reading. It's like you have your... I had my reading voice on through the whole documentary. But another thing as well that we did was... um. You know, on the last podcast, I talked about The Breakfast Show and how we used to get the cassette tapes ready mm. and stuff like that. Well, for each project that we did, we got all the cassette tapes ready. And it'd be like, well, all the cassette tapes ready. Mm. Uh, but we used to always have... We had an iTunes playlist, we had cassette tapes, and we had CDs that we were going to use. But, you know, the only one slip-up that I did in that documentary was I forgot to play Born to be Wild. Mm. By Steppenwolf Do you know I had to do a bibliography at the end I said, Maria, I'm going to have to do a bibliography Of all the stuff that I've done mm. You know, so like Steppenwolf Boul- Born to be Wild Used like a billion wor- uh, William Burroughs reference That was It was an AFMP Final major project Do you know, Maria She gave me two distinctions for it mm. I was like, what? Why am I getting two, two distinctions? She said, I'd normally m- uh, Mark my students on a on a, um, on a, what was it? A merit. Mm. Um, and I was like, I didn't go in for the presentation. Sadly, mm. I was away, <laughs> mm. but I, I gave people all the the stuff for the presentation, and I said to Maria, I said, you know, and I got I got my support worker to, you know. I gave him all the notes. I gave him the show script. I gave him everything. And he answered the questions for everybody. But I was like, hang on. Is someone else answered my questions? I, I, I felt as though I got a bit overmarked for that, really. But, you know, mm. um, we went to the market anyway. And, you know, we did. And we got, you know, all the hotels we went. Um, that's right we went away in October of 2012 and I had to do a talk on temper Radio I'm like I don't want to talk on this mm. but you know um, there was like an audio blog wasn't that we did in- there was for the RNIB but they never did anything no they did do something with it they did because, strangely enough, I got several interviews after that. Mm. The interview where you were hungover. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, there was about 15 listeners. I was absolutely nervous. They broke down your door, didn't they? I, I'll i tell you the story about my interview, mm. right, um, that I did for the IB. So... I was. We went away on a trip for r i b mm. You know, I went away in the winter, and it was it was more a business trip than it was uh, a, a weekend away. Because if it was just a weekend away, I'd have thought, "Sorry, I'm not going." Mm. But I went because somebody said that they were. Paying a little bit of the travel or something And they wanted me to go They wanted me to be a voice for this radio and everything So I went and everything, we'd off-road in And we had some crazy parties But it was more very formal And uh, I spilt cider into my my cassette recorder (laughs) Oh gosh, on the murder mystery Was that when you kept disappearing, dude? Yeah, we disappeared. I disappeared. I disappeared off, and I thought, "Oh, sod this," you know. I went recording, and and then I thought, "Oh, sod this." i you know, sod the tape recorder, sod it. Mm. And then I I got drunk, and I don't remember anything that happened. Mm. But the next, that's right. John, um, said to me, um, he said. Megatron! Do you remember you've got an interview tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be up for that, John. <laughs> I'll be up for that interview, mate. Don't you worry. So mm. anyway. I'm drunk. actually Anyway, um I get all these like I get some girl who get uh can't remember her name. I think her name was Jasmine, I can't remember. <laughs> Guiding me to the bedroom. And um So, I wakes up, mm. and John's, Megatron, Megatron, wake up! <laughs> He's shaking me. This is a true story. And so, um, I wake up. Mm. They're dialing the phone They quick. And there's Tony Snell. And, um, mm. so I'm like, oh, Tony, how are you, man? You know? Mm. And, um, I stalled the interview with the radio silence. I'm like, uh, hey, I just want to say something. What is it? What is it? I just want to give a message to my people. Keep it rocking, brother. <laughs> and that's what it put the phone down. Well, I went down to breakfast and I thought, shit. Mm. That's the worst interview I'd ever done. What's <laughs> the worst? But it was the best. It was the best worst interview I'd ever done. The best, because um, people at Christopher Grange had heard it. Mm. Um, You know. What, the people at Christopher Grange heard it? They did, and they heard that interview, and um, there was a few embarrassing things about it, really. And I had to tell everybody, look, I was hungover, you know. Mm. And they were like, oh, no wonder. Mm. But they, everybody knew. I was like, oh, massive. Didn't you talk about the off-roading? I did. I, I talked about the off-road and I said, look, do you know, it's like when you're in a car, it's not like your normal, you know. Mm. Um, It's a bit lumpy and bumpy. <laughs> You know. But. Uh... Didn't they interview you on a on a ship as well? I did, I did, but they, that was not for Temper Radio, again. Because they were like, hey, do you want to be in the paper? I was like, yeah, go on. Mm. I'd still do it today for the RNIB but they, they never ask. Mm. You were in the calendar as well, weren't you? Yeah I was But it was a strange 2012 was a strange year Um, Because it was a very nerdy year It was like You were partying One night And the next day you were sat at a desk writing scripts And doing the show Mm. And I remember I was ill One day I came On a holiday And I I was ill As rough as a... Mm. And... You were in America. And... I went to bed. And... The very next day I was up. Mm. Went down the pier. And... Bumped into... Some old school friends and Ladar. And I came back and I said, Battle Mix, let's do the show. Mm. Come on, where's my script? And he hadn't written a script. And I was like, let's go in the studio and improvise. I knew what I was doing. I put the playlist together. I spent the whole weekend putting the playlist together. So Sunday night, I'm in this cellar um mm. um for monday morning and we didn't have it was no monday morning i rocked up in the cellar did the show and bathlemix was like i'm not saying good morning he was he was grumpy wasn't he he was um when we did that. So anyway, we've reminisced quite a fair bit. We have indeed. Let's talk about some of the new things that are happening. Well, um people keep asking me about Lockdown Fest. Um which I'll be playing on Sunday On next Thursday night divider. Um It went pretty well from what I heard, didn't it, dude? Or did it not go as well as planned? Um, Do you know, I was away for most of Lockdown Fest Was you? Yeah, but Stuff happened that I can't talk about Oh no, it's Lockdown Fest has been very strange It has It has because um, A friend of mine Is going to get us that field sorted Oh, is he? But he he said, we can't talk about it still. Um, Mm. But hopefully, on the 15th of August, we should know more. Mm. By then, I could tell people about that field. Um, But... We're going to have to pay... Somebody for it, mm. um, but the person who has that field doesn't know yet. All oh, right, so that's why we can't. That's why we can't disclose anything just yet. Mm. Um, but at the moment, it's because of the way things are and that field's a bit messy. Um, is it a messy field? Yes, it's a messy field. It's worse than Glastonbury. Um, for us to use it It's got to be in One PM. It's got to be an amazing Condition for a field We said on the last podcast that um, We have contacts for a field But I'm not rushing to use a field If it's not You know you, you know, If it's not fit for purpose mm. Which, in my eyes, has to be. You know, a field is a field at the end of the day, but... Mm. um, We can't disclose it anywhere. Um, But we were supposed to have about 20 bands on that field. (laughs) Yeah. On that field alone. Um, The people have just said, leave it with me. Have just, mm. it's like a, a leave it with me pro, you know process. It might be that they let us use a field or something. Mm. Um, you know. I mean. I mean they've got They've got resources, I can say that much. But it's all to do with noise level. Mm. Um There's so many contracts to sign. You know, it's not just like using a field. And we don't want to go that time when we went to New Lane and Oh Yeah I was again, I wasn't even there. That was Open Music Festival twenty. Was it twenty twelve? Um. No, two thousand and eleven. We did Open Music Festival, mm. and that was at a friend's house, um. And we did it on the field, and we had our own stage and everything but then we had a field that we rented for the week after and they got there right mm. and because the band were too loud they got everybody got thrown off the field within seconds mm. right but the festival still went ahead mm. so they got acoustic bands to play oh what a nightmare Mm. So we're hoping that it's not Another new lane event Where we get Oh you know mm. But um, that's a bridge We're going to cross When we get to it Because You know You have neighbours You've got to respect them You know mm. All that sort of things Respect all the farmers And Yeah Yeah You know and uh, we want a bit more than just a few bands on there. Um, you know, fair rides the lot basically. I mean, you could do a, a festival at Pleasureland, and you could, but we want to. We want to do something. Mm. We want to do something ourselves. You know. <laughs> mm. Which I mean, the tickets to get in will be what you'd buy a record with, so about you know ten pounds or twenty pounds to get in. You know, mm. um, I'm not sure the prices of the drinks or anything when we, you know, when they get in there and stuff like that. But it's literally, you know, to get in is not going to be dear. The drinks might be dear, mm. uh, the food might be dear. But at the end of the day, mm. you know, you're at a festival. You've gone in, you've gone, you've paid to go in to that festival. Um I mean there's talk about us like going to Victoria Park and doing it there and Well, wherever we can do a festival, I mean if we can put a festival on, it would be fantastic to do. Mm. Um, but me and Scott are at. We've been tearing our seriously. We've been tearing our hair out for the last few couple of months. I can tell you now, Cellafest Um. At the end of our garden here, we were going to have a stage there. Mm. <laughs> that was going to be Scott's stage, and I helped him do that, right? Mm. Um. Now. As you all don't know, lockdown happened. Mm. We had a meeting. Uh, I got a phone call. Tell everybody that Cellofest is cancelled mm. immediately, right? And I really want to put three people through this. The you know the pain that it takes to plan a festival because we said um, this year, it's twenty twenty. You know, it's a big year. Um let's pull out all the stocks. Mm. You know, because it's nine it's not nine years of temporadio, it's twenty years. Mm. Um but next year it will be twenty years of temporadio and we can go screw it. Mm. You know? All the other years come on. It's the twentieth year Mm. It's the second ten years we've been Tempo Radio. Let's go out and party. You know? Mm. And that's what we want. That's what we want to do. You know you know, tighter production on shows, better scripting, better producers, um New sound, mobile, whatever. Mm. Uh whatever experimentation. If we're on the road all the time, we're on the road all the time, screw it. Mm. um but what we want is to show people what we've done for the past 20 years um that includes the first 10 years and people don't think that the first 10 years it's oh it doesn't matter but we always look back at the first 10 years and the second 10 years well the second 10 years a lot happened mm. we did chapel street we did um we did we did a lot of talks. Yep. And we also um Megatron spoke about the scripting. It was edutainment was a big thing because he had been you were gonna go to work for Merseyside, weren't you at one point? Yeah, never around. And um So, he told me that in Radio Merseyside, they have all the meetings, they come together, they sit comfortably and have these meetings. So we used to have the meeting in Megatron's bedroom. Yeah. And then we'd write the script, and then we'd come downstairs into the studio with the script, with what we needed, and we did the show. And needless to say, a lot of those shows were very... Tight Even that one with Battle Mix Even though we were having fun and partying And we were let loose That show was very tight mm. Because we knew what we were going to talk about And that's something I'd learned through Hospital Radio You know, if you're going to do a tight show Know exactly what you're going to talk about mm. So We did just that You know Mm. And back then When I was walking around town You know I'd bumped into Glenn Warworth I'd bumped into You know People that were telling me stuff So It was like You know I'd read the papers So I'd made this A show that I wanted to listen to At the end of the day It's still that show That I did with Battle Mix When you were awake That's still a show That I want to listen to All the time Because it's like Whoa mm. The content in that show Was so tight even the stuff we talked about, the records we played, mm. there was so much enthusiasm in that show. And so we didn't do that for a while. And then in twenty for 2014, mm. we did it again in September, October. We were going to beer festivals. We were going to pubs. We were talking to people. Um, I was in the Make It Workshop. But the Magool radio format started in the Make It Workshop because you had another station, didn't you? I had a another station, which was Temper Radio, but it wasn't. It was just me and nobody else did it. I think people went in there and played DVDs or whatever. A DVD player They had a CD going on We You know So for example We'd go in Jazz music would be playing And I went in I'd play what I wanted to play mm. And I have my little corner But I wanted to do other things and I left the shop. But Magoo Radio, Mm. that's where most of the ideas from the shop were taken. Mm. And you hear that, you know. And Temporadio in its early days was like, you know, back then it was like, you went onto Facebook and the Facebook page was very vibrant. You know, because I've looked back and it'd be like, oh, something amazing's happening, you know. well, that was me sitting around. Um, if I was bored, I'd be like, oh, let's put an advert on Facebook. Mm. So there was about 100 ads on Facebook It'd be like, why are you doing 100 Facebook ads? But then people would follow it later on Mm. And now We just put descriptions of our shows on there And what's happening in the shows Yep Or if there's something I think That will interest people I share it on there And Mm. Yeah You know so we already spoke Last week on that Mm. Which Which I thought was incredible Indeed Mm. Definitely. But um like we spoke on podcasting last week. No we didn't. We didn't. We t- touched a little bit on it, but I think like podcasting seems to be you know how everybody listens now and you know back in the day podcasting was excuse me very different to a live show. Where now There doesn't seem to be a difference between the live show, the pre-recorded, you know, and we don't care how people get our shows as long as they listen. Mm. You know, we see the stats, you look at the YouTube, you think, gosh, wow. Mm. Well, I've seen the YouTube over a couple of Months and thought, wow, the, the breakfast shows seem to be the most popular ones And Yeah, mm. Thursday Night Divider And it's so scary, you know mm. It's like, I'm just going to take my hoodie off mm. I'm just collecting in sweat <laughs> Um, But it's like The cellar over the years We've not discussed There's a lot of things We've not discussed Mm. You know The cellar has given us So much adventure It has indeed You know And There's still a a lot Through Temporadio To be explored I think the next You know We're hoping that'll be Temporadio For the next Ten years At the most Hmm. Um because we're not overruled by anything now. We're we we have not been with demo FM for a while and Yep, we haven't they're not they've not been our sister station. I know. Well, I'm not gonna spoil that because Gary Morph's gonna talk about that too. Um Oh the Alliance. Yeah. That was you know, like in two thousand and five. That was so political and like everybody knew about it and Well, we were the Alliance, even when it broke, we were still You know we were still like networked Mm. It was TNT FM Tempo Radio uh, Sorry TNT FM Demo FM and Story FM And then it was TNT FM Sorry Tempo Radio Demo FM and Story FM But you see when we changed Demo FM decided that they would stay They would stick by us They did because they wanted to compete Mm. You know that was their thing and then the rivalry got you know got cranked up a notch. It did when we were Tempo Radio. They were like, "Whoa!" It wasn't just. A, I mean, the rivalry was there. I think at the beginning, but once we split the alliance. But oh boy, it was. Well, the last the last few years of them demo FM, it was real. You know. Mm. Um. But there's a great there's a great uh, story that you should look at, and it's um. I'm trying to think of the guy who, um, who was like the last, um, Mm. I can't remember his name, but he's basically, he wrote a blog post about, you know, us and MFM Mm. and, um, yeah, and it's quite interesting to read. Um because it was like how you know Damn FM didn't they weren't bothered in the end i know because it was like oh you're the big the biggest and the badass and yeah um you know we we proved a point in the very last year we you know like we proved a point they proved a point mm. that was it war ended you know mm. we won the war because we said right okay if you're the next best thing You know mm. And we were very with it With the technologies at the time We were indeed There was quite a few of us There was um, I mean DMFM, Yes they did go digital before us Yes they were an online radio station before us They were the few things they did before us But there were a few things that We did which they didn't do Mm. Like, you know, we went on the road a lot more We did indeed Um, Partied a lot more I don't know, because they partied um, Their party was 2005, so I was told Well, yeah, see, that was a very strange year Mm. Because we had these strange, we had these epic street parties and they used to invite us um, to a strange street party. You would cross the street, mm. you know. And Gary Morph was there. And it was, oh, but he yeah, there was more parties than you know, because mm. they had nightclubs there. They had yeah, pop up nightclubs, mm. um, which we had later on, but. Yeah, we had kitchens Mm. But we had, you know, a year of partying More or less, it felt like that (laughs) I know It felt I'm I'm not joking you Once we hit summer Oh, dude The party's just like Once you start partying, that's it Mm. And I just remember getting up and Woo! (laughs) You, You know um, it was like that in 2012 almost. It was, but it, it was like, oh, you know. Um, it was like, because I remember, like, we were going out, and it was like, what are we going out for? And it was like, oh, uh, do you remember that party of Rachel and Ann's that I did? Yeah, I do indeed. Just like, <sighs> you were exhausted for that one, I believe. I was. Mm. Yeah it's like four hours woo Mm. but I remember like you did your own thing for like all these discos and like you know yeah but it's like you find your own niche and then it's like oh you know you can't do it but mm. yeah 2012 ended with a bang I've got to admit Mm. It really did end with a bang Because, you know Um And next year It'll have been 30 years That we've done The Breakfast Show Oh (laughs) Don't remind me It's like 30 years since It's, it's No, it's not 30 years Mm. It's not Um No. 18 years of breakfast shows. My gosh. Yeah. You've done more breakfast shows than Hot Dogs and Ivals or anybody else, Tim Davis, anybody else put together? I don't know. I've lost count. I did all the breakfast shows in 2004 and 2005. No, I didn't. I did them from... September, that's when I started doing them But in 2005 You know You look back to something Like 2005 When we, you know, we did shows And You know How did we do them? Yeah, I remember you got frustrated You know, like you and Battle Mix It was like a can we talk about the relationship of you and him on air? And... Well, me and Battlemix on in you know when we were when we were in the studio, we were cool. But he, do you know, like he lived here at the time. Mm. Uh, he lived here, and he also lived at home. So like he would he would go home of the weekend. He'd have all the tapes ready. Mm. He'd be here on the Sunday. Yeah, and then go home, then come back. When I was here, <laughs> and there was a bit of friction between me and him. But when we were working, when we were in work mode, we were like, "Woo, <laughs> party on, people, party on." But when we weren't working, he was a nightmare. Because I remember it was like, "I'm going the fair, woo." <laughs> I'm going to some awesome party, and you can come too. No, I can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, but because me and Morph did the parties, Yep. Um, but yeah, absolutely epic. So the magazine, which you're starting on this week, what's it going to mention? Lockdown festival. Mm. Uh, it's going to talk about Eproctor's new video. Oh yeah. Video release Talk about that Uh, It's going to talk about The new Open music uh, Thing that's happening Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to tell you About all the next things That we're hoping to do Um, Big weekends Are back from October We can say that now Mm. But you'll see it In the magazine Uh, The raffle um, Loads and loads of stuff And you haven't even Started on it yet No I haven't Mm. But Yeah, this week I've had faxes all week Uh, No, I had faxes all last week Mm. This week, it's emails Yeah And next week, it'll be text messages When's the deadline, though? Um, It was supposed to be end of this month But we've extended it to I think some point in July that's going to come out Yeah It'll be soon It'll be very, very soon There'll be a lot of sleepless sleepless nights. Well I do sleep. Even the sleepless nights. Yeah. And Scott Boldham and Fat Rob, they're gonna sit in the summer house. Oh my gosh. Where they're gonna read through the production. Um it's gonna go out anyway. Mm. So uh Right, so mm. um Next, you'll hear Gary Morph Well, hello, Gary Morph Hello And welcome Ooh, hello <laughs> Hello and welcome back uh, Welcome to the podcast And um, we thought we'd interview you Um, Since you did the speech Don't worry, we're not going to make you do it Um we know you're writing a blog at the moment, and you're featuring us in the blog. Um, tell us, first of all, how you got into working at this radio station. How I got to work in this radio station... Mm. Um, gosh, I'm getting old. <laughs> you know when you're getting old when someone... Um, well, it was through... A, uh, it was through... I'm trying to think who her name was. Um. Joan. Mm. Um. And. She was a cleaner. Mm. But she worked because. And so anyway. Um. We met this guy called Matt Cooney Who was your granddad mm. At the time And he. we got a cassette recorder And mm. double deck cassette recorders And they were all the age You were in a room crowded with cassette recorders And they did a TV show at the time And um, he had Bank 4 mm. And he'd had that for a while But it wasn't Bank 4 wasn't. It, it was just like hospital another hospital radio there was two hospital radio stations mm. and the management asked if i wanted to take over mm. um we met the people from red rose rock fm who gave us money and funded us for a year and they gave us 20 20 blank cassettes in those days, that was a big thing, having 20 ba- twenty blank cassettes, because it meant, you know, and obviously they gave you the freedom. Now, you've got to remember, when you bought cassettes, of blank cassettes in those days, as you remember, all the way up to the 90s, they were all taxed. Um, and it was a very conservative way of recording, mm. because there was no way... That you could just delete something and record something else or record over, you know You had to make sure you definitely wanted to reuse those cassettes again Out of the 20 cassettes So you'd be making mixtapes and you'd be, you know, and interviews And there was so much that went into a show Unbelievable And the newspapers, like, you know, get, you knew someone who were in the newspaper And the photographers And they would be writing to you and everything Well, Bank 4 in the beginning It was the same crowd from the hospital radio Because they knew, like Matt Cooney They used to donate records Mm. They had a secretary Who would go through all the records And go through all the letters And and go through all the mail And go through all the taping Mm. And that's how it was all done You know, Mm. they would record shows And record time And what we did was we would record a cassette and send it to the studio Because that's what they did It's not like computers where you would, you know, you would send, you know Back then you would have a cassette tape and you'd have to mail it to the studio Mm. Which was, you know, it was quite a big thing back in the days Um You know Mm. Um It was huge in fact Um, And like there was offices of people The studio and the office were in the same room So when someone wanted to type something up They'd do it before the show Um, Mm. And then there was a studio above But then when they had um, other studios away So when when it was externally done You'd record it and send it in Well that was a lot more work for the secretaries to do Because then they had people that would then edit and listen Mm. And all that business And and so you'd have people editing and listening Mm. Um, The people editing They would have a big job Because they would edit Like they would do edits Um, And Matt Cooney was very very conservative. Mm. He would. He would. He. We weren't gonna get any new tapes, or you know, mm. so we had to use the same cassettes, and uh, that all implied through the whole nineties period. Mm. Talk about the the crash very quickly. The first crash because you were around for that, weren't you? I was around for both the crashes. <laughs> um, well. I mean they sort of I mean they were separate when they happened But um, Not long after One crash happened The first crash happened in Uh 93 Mm. The first crash happened I thought it was 89 No, 93 Because what happened in 93 was Equipment started breaking down Mm. And microphones came in and back then the other people were bringing microphones in but they had you had to rent microphones another thing you had to do was rent a record player or um, uh, you would rent a um, you'd rent a record player or you'd rent a cassette player or um, you would rent all this rent cassettes and there was all this kind of thing so the tax tripled And that sort of happened. Mm. The crash did go over a little bit into 95, but by then the station had been saved. After Matt Cooney died, um, they got a lot of money, Uh, the new managers, a guy called Ken, I can't remember his last name, came in and all these people that were rented to come in and they brought... Better cassette recorders, mm. big mixing desks, more microphones. And we didn't have to, the only thing I think that we had to pay for was the space. So we met this band called Ad Ronnie's and we used to broadcast them. Mm. And we did TV shows. Some of them went to MTV, they were sold to MTV. But some of them weren't, the ones that weren't sold to MTV, we, we kept. And that was the problem. When we went into television broadcasting, it's so, like, wow, we've got all this money, you know We had these television cameras And when you have television cameras What you don't realise is the time to be on air And uh, our boss said to us, right, this film You know, because he would develop all the film at the end of the week um, For all the photographs But what he, did, what he didn't do with the film was Like all the videotapes, they were all stacked up in his office mm. And then the You know the radio stuff That was done mm. Was done very differently So all the people came in and audition And we ran workshops and things mm. And there was lots of ideas um, There was even a A club called Fun with Laffies. Whoops Sorry I've slipped up mm. I'll be back in a minute You've not stopped the recording. No no, no, I'm still recording. Yeah, there was there was fun with Laffey's which um was a workshop. You know. Mm. And it was um anyway, your I think your dad, Jeff Ball, used to listen to the tapes. Mm. And things got more conservative. Um Because, um, you know, because your dad had to listen to the cassette tape before it went on air Mm. And that was strange, because people would listen to the cassette tapes before they went on air Mm. Well, what happened after that was Um... You know, we got more and more cassettes. Mm. Cassettes that came out of your ears, you know. Mm. And all the money was spent on that. Well, the television channel, they had more videotapes. Well, apparently, uh Ken and Jeff fell out with each other. Mm. So he left first. But we sat the boss for fun with Laffeys, and it's like, oh, when you sat the boss, what do you do? Mm. But the television channel went first. And then we all had all these videotapes Well we'll sell them all And your dad's like Oh we can't do that And so he threw them all out the window And oh no And so yeah um, We were stuck with that basically So we had to run all these like You know there was a big launch event And just think there was just things that happened All in one um, And so 96 ended Mm. In came 97 Um, Because lots of people partied in 95 Mm. You know, that's when we got the television channel And I remember for Christmas The biggest present we got was like Oh, the TV channel Mm. But it came in after Easter in the summer We had the television channel We had sports and everything We had everybody filming round we sold all that to Screen too, and other places later on mm-hmm. So when the crash happened It happened in 98, the second crash Yeah, well the second crash started in 98 when uh, Again, it was to do with a cassette recorder that broke So we couldn't get another cassette recorder Then we did and we started recording But then it was like, well we can't fund to have a show put on mm. In 99 Then we did And it's like You know Mm. And then There was me And Simon Pillock And Sammy Ball We had Spoke together For a while I knew Sammy Ball From television Mm. So I rang him up And said Do you want to come over And do a show Mm. Sammy Ball's emails And then Simon Pillock's like, I want to do a show. And Mm. he was very rude, but I let him on. Mm. And then we just all clubbed together and we decided, right, we're going to do this thing. But your show, you and Brian Hitchie, you sat off and recorded, you know, you just spoke about CDs that you had. Yeah, our CD collection. Mm. And then we did golf, news, quiz. Um, It was Yeah we wrote quizzes Every night Mm. And uh, Then We just You know It's like Oh well we'll do something But you get bored of it After a while The BBC Funded our station In the beginning um. After the the crash, because we had no money, mm. so you know, you remember my first day on the station was with you. Um, I think it was with you, and then you said, "Right, we're gonna they're doing this thing called Chips Night." I think I'd left at that point, point mm. um, and DJ Wood was running the station. That's right. It that was really strange in 2001. Well, I was tired. I was tired of doing it. I thought you were ill because you mentioned, "Oh, I'm ill, I can't." well, I, I was tired. I was you know, I was physically tired. I was doing everything for five days. And DJ Wood wanted to take over the air mm. And he was completely new mm. And We knew him You know from partying Like That year and mm. we just said Do you want to, you know, Mm. come over? And New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, we came over, we had a ball, Mm. and then they started recording. <clears throat> in, I think was it, uh, all the way up to Easter, I think it was a few weeks before Easter, DJ Wood was on, mm. but then he got disliked very quickly, <laughs> Um, you, you disliked him, didn't you, for a little bit, I disliked him because he had an attitude, and I just thought, you know, the guy's got an attitude, you know, which he had an attitude. Mm. But uh, he he was big enough, like, I got him to promote you and all the new DJs, mm. you know. Mm. Do you remember when, when they moved up, that, you know, that studio and they moved to where we are now? And um, Yeah, well, they talked about it for a long time. Um And they involved me in all the meetings, and I was like, Well, I'm not happy with that you know <laughs> what 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 was it you weren't happy with? I just wasn't happy that they were getting funding for a studio at the time that they didn't need. They were getting more studios. I moved and got my own little studio. You rented somewhere at first, didn't you uh f- I can't remember mm. um. Yeah I can't remember I mean you and DJ Would used to broadcast together Didn't you You know when, you, when he Well we did But we, ne- we didn't get on Because he Had his idea Because Brian Hitchie Left mm. Because I was bringing younger DJs into the field And I was letting them have a chance You know Mm. Um, Like DJ Dream and all them I was letting them have a chance You know Do you remember DJ Hitman? You know, what was his Uh, DJ Hitman, yeah But see the thing with Hitman was uh, he come on Way, 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 way too late He came in the... I think it was after Easter Mm. He came in And it was very late Because Mm. it was like the beginning of June And we wanted DJs to just come in Do their stuff Mm. Know what they're doing And leave you know, know what you're doing and leave. And so, when they came here, it all hit the fan. Um, oh, do you remember the queues? Well, I was in a queue, because um, DJ Wood made me queue. up Because um, you you worked here for a bit, didn't you? I did. I worked. I worked. I didn't work in the cellar. Um, You did because you were answering phones I did but that's when they You know when they said right We'll dismiss all the queues The queues were dismissed Straight after summer We had to re-queue mm. I was like I'm not re-queuing mm. I remember a Strange interviewing all the DJs in the queue It was a strange system I didn't know you were in the queue Oh yeah um, I said you were at the front because no, no no, that's all the uh, mm. well, we had a row uh we got here, and they said on such a date they're gonna announce the management oh, no way they're gonna announce three managers, three new managers, there was no controller, no star up. Who's when's the controller gonna come in? And um I had a drink and I sat at my desk Yep and uh everybody was putting downstairs Anyway, they rushed upstairs to get me. And Um I sat at my desk and I grabbed DJ Wood and I put him in a chair and I just said, You're the manager and you left. I left but not there and then. Um I left a week later when DJ Wood was announced. He came to me and said Is it okay if I'm manager? Well um, I just I just said yeah You know mm. um, He said well Just that I've brought these new guys in I said I know about it mm. Well he would sit outside I mean like producers were producers And he would sit outside the studio going He goes show's not safe you know Mm. With me and Revers, assistant DJs. Well, he was very controlling. You know, DJ Wood was very controlling back in the day. Mm. But he changed once he walked out of Radio ZOZ. He changed, big style. He knew I had a responsibility. Mm. Yeah, you know, there's so many things were happening, and then he rang me from a club saying. Morph, I'm in trouble, big, big trouble I'm like, what? What's going on? He goes, I've left Radio ZOZ I was like, what? They sacked me <laughs> They sacked me What was all that about? I don't know But it's like they've sacked me All of a sudden mm. Um, And I was like, okay And I was like Look, mate I'm tired, I'm going to bed Mm. We'll speak in the morning But DJ Wood didn't leave after You know, it was before Christmas of 2001 That was all of a very weird period I know because There was a load of this um, This hoo-ha with you swearing or something. Yeah. I did swear but not on the air. Mm. What well, it was DJ Castor. Yeah. Mm. And I had to I wasn't there and I rang and um and did the sacking. And then DJ Wood and DJ Hitman did a runner. They did but not instantly mm. because they came to me and they were well they they came to me separately. Mm. Hitman was basically saying, oh, I'm this and that and the other And I'm going to take the money and run Yeah And I was like, fine, but why are you doing that? Is it because you've got £3,000 you've got to prove it? Mm. And, um, so Wood's the same thing Oh, blah, blah, blah. you know mm. Um, but it was all very, very strange Do you remember your last show on here Before we actually talk about you Doing your strange retirement though Because you left um, You left Radio ZOZ Before you left Well, the strange thing was My contract was up And I was getting some money uh, 40 grand And the BBC were paying it It wasn't, you know Everybody here thought they were paying it me But they weren't and I had to accept the check mm. Because I was up here and they had a big PA And somebody goes through loud hailer Now oh, Gary Morph gets the check mm. Oh yeah, because I was like, what? Mm. I heard it come through and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Show's ended They called me downstairs to say, hey to Gary Morph, do you know he's got this check? Mm. Well, I I at the time... Um, The next day I got all the calls from all the, the papers saying Hey isn't it great you've got retirement And I was like I'm not retired mm. What the hell are you talking about You know mm. <laughs> But then it was like I went and did theatre and all the rest of it mm. And then in 2004 there was talking me If Dan MoFM went under mm. Which they did We'd buy it And we did We'd write a letter um, we said, hey, we want that. And I'd done a few shows from actually, mm. which were going to them anyway. But we did this show. Mm. Uh, you helped me do a show. I did. I help you do a demo tape. You were on the demo tape. I produced a show. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. That was weird. And then it went out. I was like, yeah, ooh. We jumped through the hoops and everything. And they put the tape out. Like the next day, as like, yep. but we were just like really cool, down with it. I remember because you were lying in bed, like we were lying in bed, I think it was on the Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, so we were lying in bed on the Sunday afternoon. And then Monday morning we got up. What do we I can't remember what we did on the Monday morning? We got up, we came down, Mm. and, yeah. Mm. So let's talk about your very last show that you did for uh, Radio ZOZ because that was strange. It was, because I announced I was ill and everything. Yeah, but you actually came on and here and did a... It was a Sunday afternoon, and it was before the evening speech... And I said, I'm gonna come on and do my own show after the evening speech. My very last show. <gasps> and people were like, what? Mm. Um because I I got banned off the evening speech. Mm. They banned. And uh so we did the wait for the evening speech to come on and then we did the uh the show after. Which was like a 7 till 11 thing mm. And we did that show And when people heard it, they were like Whoa, Gary Morphin, you're brilliant mm. That was it, because you played The Who and everything I did, I, I got to play just like normal records And and talk, and I felt quite sad mm. Do you remember? Oh, you probably won't. Do you remember um, ringing up, going, "Hey Megatron, uh, hey Days," um, you know, it's I'm blowing the big time. Oh yeah. Well, that was it. I mean. I'd done that, and I came back a few weeks later for my my um uh, my thing mm. you know mm. um, so yeah, so let's talk about the demo fm days because the demo fm days were pretty you know they were pretty good, and then there was some pretty grim moments, so you did some good shows on demo fm I did. I did the breakfast show, um, not because I copied you, but I was. It was an inspiration, and I thought, "Do you know what? No, you did copy me." <laughs> God, so I'd, But it was like you know, it was it was different. As people waking up in the morning hearing, Gary Morph at the breakfast, you know, waking people up in the morning, um. And all this, and. Um, It was just so rushed Because I couldn't do what you guys were doing All this like 90 miles an hour You know We showed you what to do Because we used to do a few shows About Mm. Um, I remember when our CD player was broken here And we used to Get You know Five shows done I remember doing five shows a weekend once Just me and you I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, we did five shows a week. Um uh, but anyway, the, the the I did five shows and then I came back and do you remember waking up on the Monday morning hearing you on here? Demo FM versus TNT FM. Yeah, well, that happened a few times. Yeah. It did. Mm. But, uh, oh, it was great moments, you know. We went out partying. We had our, well, we had a nightclub before you. Mm. Yeah, I just mentioned that on, you know, you had BB's nightclub. We did. We had BB's nightclub, and we had uh, a central mm. nightclub. We also had a a place called. We had a a club we did called Rehab. Mm. That was a strange nightclub, and then we had uh, there was a club somewhere called the Provocative, which I did DJ that. Mm. Yeah, so it, there was plenty of places, but we didn't do what you guys did. We had the strange street parties. You remember all that? Oh yeah. Mm. But you remember waking up one morning, and suddenly it was all over. Oh yeah, uh, th- that happened. Literally two years, after, mm. and they said, "Oh yeah," and, and thingy had moved out, but you were just lodging there, weren't you? I was, but I wasn't... I was doing shows there, and then I did shows elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, I moved to your grand's house in Falkland Road. Oh, yeah, talk about that. Well, I don't know, because it wasn't really... You know, we just did... I just turned up at the studio, did the show, went home. <laughs> there wasn't much to it. <laughs> uh, but you, you didn't like us, though. I did. Hmm? Oh, you've had... You had um, you had some great shows. The Mosher Morning Show. I came and did that once. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So talk about the worst moments of Demo FM because people don't know that Demo FM had to had to finish.